You are listening to episode 74 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about how to not fizzle out this year. I'm master at life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. All right, so today we are going to talk about how to not fizzle out in 2023. We are almost done with the first month of the year. That is crazy to think about. Okay, and so some of you might be feeling really good, you're rocking it, but others might be feeling a little discouraged. Maybe you're struggling to get over some of these unexpected setbacks that happened this month, or maybe you're struggling to even get started. So whether you feel like you came out of the gate strong or you're ready to truly get started in February, I really want to talk about how to not lose steam or momentum this year. I've found that it feels really easy to start strong at the beginning of the year, and yet when it comes to the end of the year, it can be really hard for us to finish strong. And the number one thing that I feel like gets in our way and that causes us to not finish strong and to fizzle out is this concept that I've created around hustling for weight loss. I've talked about hustling and hustle energy before. And hustling is often something we hear about of I've got to take a lot of action. I've got to work hard. It's got to be big action. We've got to move. We all probably have seen, if not own, some journals or mugs or things that say wake up and hustle. Or we have all of these funny memes and quips and things about why hustling is a good thing. And I'm very (laughs) anti-hustle. I'm like, no, let's not hustle. Because I think it's not just about taking action. Do we want to wake up and take action? Yeah, absolutely. But we don't want to be hustling. I think hustling is very draining. It's very distracting. And often what happens is this is really the energy by which we are petering out just a few months in. So hustling is not about the action that you take. It's the underneath. It's why you take it. So taking big action or lots of action doesn't necessarily mean that you're hustling. The true indicator is your thoughts and the energy behind it. So hustle typically comes from a lack of belief in yourself or your ability to hit your goal. Okay, so it's like I'm going to take all of this action and hope and pray that I create these results so that I can truly believe in myself or so that I can believe that this goal is possible. You're waiting on your results to fuel your belief. Okay, so this is normal. It's also not helpful. Even though we want to normalize it and just recognize this may be how we've done a lot of things for a very long time. It's really hard for our brains to believe new things, especially when we don't have evidence for it yet. So it's normal that I'm going to wait until I have this, quote, evidence, until I have the results to fully believe. Instead of, I can believe in myself and I can trust in myself that I am going to figure this out regardless of the timeline, regardless of what I think might be required and might be necessary. Hustle is often an indicator that you have something to prove or earn by achieving your goal. And that's the other aspect here is we really want to ask, what am I making it mean if I hit my goal? What will I make it mean if I don't hit my goal? Because we can easily fall into hustly energy when we're trying to earn or prove our worth or our value with what it is that we've set out to achieve. So I have to earn something by losing weight. I have to earn something by getting this promotion. We're constantly doing this and we do it in all different areas of life. And I think this is really important and something that I may have touched on before, but if we don't really understand this and truly break this cycle, we will just find something new to hustle for. 
So in the beginning, it might be like I'm hustling for my grades and I'm hustling for this degree. And then it turns in I'm hustling for the body. And then we get that. And then now I'm hustling for the job or I'm hustling for the money. We have to stop that. Stop it right now. We really want to understand the energy behind it, what's really driving it. And it's the thoughts. And it's the thoughts of I'm not good enough. I need to fix myself. I need to earn something. I need to prove that this is a worthwhile endeavor. I need to prove that somehow I am worthy of this or I'm worthy of praise or love or affirmation, even if it's trying to prove it to yourself. And this is the thing is like we have to learn how to become our own biggest cheerleader. And this is often what has us fizzling out. It's not the obstacles. It's not the challenges. It's not the travel. It's not the holidays. It's not your best friend buying you a birthday cake. It is truly your thoughts. It's how you are thinking about things. And it's the negative thoughts and beliefs that we have on this repeat loop that we keep telling ourselves over and over again. And sometimes it's a very subconscious level. Sometimes it feels like a very harmless thought. And when we really dig into it, we start to uncover some other thoughts of the the deeper aspects here. That's what we want to start to dig into and to pinpoint. So hustling can be a form of self-protection or self-preservation, right? We don't have to blame and shame ourselves for it. We just want to start to identify and see what's going on because it's very normal for our brains to go there of trying to prove ourselves good enough, prove ourselves worthy, okay? Because if my worth and my value or my validation stem from hitting a goal, then there's a lot at stake. Of course, my brain wants me to get there so that I can feel good about myself. So a lot of times what happens is that we simply teach ourselves to achieve goals. And so we have to do more and more so that we can feel good by achieving these goals. And then we get the constant praise. And it usually shows us how we're not praising ourselves enough to begin with. We aren't validating ourselves enough to begin with. We're constantly looking at over there is better than right here. And then it's really hard. We're we're not enjoying the journey. We're not enjoying the ride. We're focused on there is better than here. And so I have to hurry up and get there. Because once I get there, then everything's going to be fine. It's going to be all better. Then I get to feel the way I want to feel. This is what we want to start to break down because sometimes we fall off in January. Sometimes it's in February. Sometimes it's after we hit a plateau. Sometimes it's after we fall out of certain habits. Maybe we're on a 20-day streak and then we break it. I notice this specifically with people when they do something like the Whole30 where it's 30 days of this pretty restrictive diet. And then after that, they're like, oh, thank goodness, I can let up. I can ease up. I can have my favorite foods or I can enjoy this chocolate on Valentine's Day, things like that. And so what I want to teach you is how to give yourself that permission to enjoy the journey, to enjoy the food, and to not be constantly holding your worth and value hostage by the number on the scale. I also want to look at where else or how else we might see hustle come up. This is something that I see when it comes to frustration about where you are now. And really, this comes from a place of insufficiency. This isn't good enough. How much weight I've lost so far, or maybe I haven't been able to lose as much weight, This is not good enough. I shouldn't be here. This shouldn't be happening. I should be further along. I should have lost more weight by now. I should be seeing better results. I can't believe I'm still struggling with this. I shouldn't still struggle with this issue or with this thing, with this thought, with this habit. So there's a lot of shoulds and shouldn'ts, right? And so frustration lies in the gap between our expectations and reality. And the bigger the gap, the bigger the frustration. So when I expect to be a certain place, and then I'm not there, there might be a little frustration if it's a small gap. If it's, I thought I would lose five pounds and I really lost three, now there might be a little frustration, but hey, I still did pretty good. If the goal was, I should have lost 15 and then I lost three, then the frustration is really big. And I'm sure everybody can relate to this. We've all experienced this kind of aspect in our own lives. 
the gap grows when you focus on your reality and where you are now, but you keep comparing it to the expectation of where you should be instead of looking at how far you come and looking at the gain and looking at the progress and celebrating and validating and focusing on the movement forward. And again, the only way we can really do this is if we are truly enjoying the process, if we are enjoying the ride, if we learn to love and validate and praise ourselves right now in the messy middle as we are taking action, but we haven't fully achieved that goal yet. You're not going to be a better human being just because you lose weight. You are not going to be more lovable. You are not going to be any better and a smaller size. And that's really hard for us to grasp and understand sometimes, especially when So much of our self-talk and our praise and our worth really revolve around our body, whether it's our size, shape, or weight. That's really what we want to start to understand because it's this, I can come out of the gates really hard and really strong, but we fizzle out often also because it's not sustainable. We come out thinking like, oh, I'm going to do this whole 30, and then inevitably we start to fall out. We start to incorporate foods that we enjoyed, and it can sometimes be this little slow burn of we go back to old habits. It was really interesting to always watch people as they talk about this. And I had a friend in particular, and she'd be doing the whole 30 in January. And then she would do it again in April. And I'm thinking, you just lost 15 pounds. How do you have to lose 15 pounds again? This doesn't make any sense. It was because she went right back to old habits because doing the whole 30 for her wasn't a lifelong sustainable option. It wasn't a lifelong plan. And that's okay. For some people, it might be. And if that's you, kudos. You go on with your bad self. But for everybody else, for all the rest of us who don't want to do the whole 30 for the rest of our lives, because that feels like punishment and torture and terrible, we want to actually enjoy our life. And sometimes that means enjoying some food. We need to create a healthy relationship with it. That's the only way that this is going to work is with a healthy relationship with food where no food is ever bad or evil or toxic or off limits. How do we not fizzle out? What is the antidote here? Number one. You need a realistic plan. What can you do for the rest of your life without hating your life? And then you look at how do you get 1% better every day? Just a little bit. 1%. That's it. Just a little bit better. How do you get a little bit better every day? And that little bit can be the same thing each week. It can be different things. Day after day, you can be doing a little bit different in one area, a little bit different in another area. The way that we don't fizzle out, it doesn't matter how much action we start taking. It's all of the thoughts behind it, and it's really digging into, is this sustainable? Can I still keep this up in July? Can I still keep this up when I'm on vacation? And it's okay to have slightly different protocols, slightly different plans, slightly different habits when you're on vacation, when you're traveling, when there's a death in the family, when you're moving houses, when you're changing jobs. It's okay that things might change just a little bit. But I know that when I go on vacation, not a lot really changes. We might be eating out a little bit more frequently, But I'm still making really good choices in those moments. I'm still getting in my water. I'm still moving. I'm still listening to my hunger. I'm still stopping when I'm satisfied. There is so much that I am still doing consistently, regardless of whether I'm at my house or I'm at somebody else's or I'm at an Airbnb. (laughs) It does not matter. This is how we stop fizzling out. We have to have the long-term vision. The other aspect is that we need to detach from the goal while staying committed to it. What? I know. It's just mind-blowing. What does this even mean? (laughs) And I have struggled with this a little bit in the past as well, just because I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to be committed to the goal, but detached from the outcome. But how? What does that look like? And so for me, what this means is we want to unhook our value and worth from hitting the goal. So we actually need to validate and praise ourselves 
where we're at right now, my value, my worth, it's not dependent on me hitting this goal. I can still be committed to it, but I'm now not attaching my value to it. I'm not attaching my worth to it. I'm not attaching how good of a person I am or like how enough I am right now. I am good enough as I am in this moment. And for some of you, you might be like, yeah, duh, of course. And for others, this might resonate a little bit more. You might be more in the same boat as me where my underlying story and a long-term belief pattern has been that I'm not enough and I have to try to earn it. I have to prove it. I have to achieve something in order to prove that I am good enough, that I am worth taking up this space, that I'm worth breathing this air. And it sounds so weird when you really break it down, but that's a very core belief that I've been working on for a very long time and getting better and better at it. Day after day, year after year, it gets easier and easier. But this is one of the key aspects of like when we stop hustling of like I have to prove something, it comes from really not defining yourself and your value from hitting that goal. And so what we want to do here, especially when it comes to weight loss, is we want to take our eye off of the prize. Take your eye off of the ball. I know, sounds backwards. (laughs) But when you focus on how you want to feel day to day, because that's what you can control, right? That's 100% in your control is how do I want to feel today? Now I can feel good about myself. I can step into this, right? I'm not so much focused on the weight. I'm not focused on the scale. I'm focused on how do I want to feel? I'm focused on what are those action goals that I want to show up with every day or every week? I'm now focused on how do I create a life that I love? Not weighing yourself for a few weeks might help you to focus on your habits. So we may want to take our eyes off of the scale. It's okay not to weigh yourself for a little bit of time so that you can heal your relationship and repair your relationship with the scale. And then also be focused on what are the habit goals that are going to help you with those long-term results. And we can remove some of that stress and pressure so that you can learn how to really enjoy your life instead of making food the primary source of your joy, pleasure, comfort, or relaxation. We can start to look at how do I have more fun? How do I have more enjoyment, more pleasure, more energy? What does that look like in my life as a whole rather than being so obsessed and consumed with food and exercise and all of these things about what I can and can't eat or can and can't do? Sometimes we actually want to take our eye off of the ball. We want to put it onto something else and and we want to bring the bigger picture into play of like how do I create a life that I love? How do I create a life where I'm excited to wake up in the morning? That's what we want to be focused on. It's like my value and my worth is no longer attached to this goal. This is one of the antidotes to hustling because I can still take action, but that action is coming from a different thought process. It's different energy. It's no longer I have to prove myself and prove my worth. It's I'm taking it because I want to achieve this and I'm committed to this goal. and I'm excited to see what this next version of me is going to, to be and look like and feel like. So that leads into kind of segues us into the next aspect, which is we want to have more fun in life and in weight loss. So are you eating foods that you really enjoy? Are you moving your body in a way that feels good to you? Are you enjoying other aspects of your life not related to food, weight loss, or your body, right? Because you need to have more fun in every area of life. And this means learning how to think about things in a different way. And it might also mean changing your circumstances as a way of advocating for yourself. So for example, let's say you really don't like your job. You can manage your mind about your job and focus on gratitude and why this job is a great thing for you and your life right now. And you can actively figure out what it is you want to do instead. You can actively be applying for other jobs instead. You can actively be looking at, okay, what else would I want to do? So we can do both. I can work on my mindset and I can also look at, okay, if I really hate my job, how can I change it? What would that look like? Maybe I need to go back to school. 
Maybe I want to do some kind of certification. Maybe there are some of these other things that are going to help get me there. Maybe I need to do some different tests or surveys or assessments to even figure out what it is I want to do with my life. So really looking at it as like we can change our circumstances as a way of going after what we really want, as a way of advocating for ourselves and for how we want to show up day in and day out. Because I promise you can manage your mind around a job that you hate, but do you want to? Is that where you want to spend your time and energy and effort? And if it is, that's fine. That is not a problem whatsoever. But you can also find a different job. And the last aspect here, the last step, is we want to plan for obstacles and challenges ahead of time. So this is one of the things that I put into my journal and that I give with clients is, okay, what's one thing that might get in my way today? And really looking for specifically, okay, what might be an obstacle? What might be a challenge? I've got an activity for everyone. If you are driving or you're at the gym or something, come back to this later. But I want you to grab a paper and pen, or you can do this on your phone if you want to open up a new note or a document. And I want you to list the top three reasons it's hard to stick with your action plan. Or maybe it's even hard to make one. I just don't want to. I don't feel like it. I don't have time. Write them all out. Give me all the reasons why it's hard to either make a plan or to stick with a plan when it comes to food, when it comes to what are the actions you really want to be taking and focusing on. Why does it feel hard to lose weight? Why does it feel hard to end emotional eating? Write them out. Give me your top three reasons. These obstacles are not going to magically disappear. Because life is messy. Life happens. And these are things that we need to deal with. And we can't keep using as justifications and excuses to not take action. Promising to be good or to do better, to, to try harder, is not how you change a habit. I tried for so long to just try harder, and that never worked. So rather than just trying to try harder or just trying to do better, we need to plan for following through when we are up to our eyeballs in crap. We need to plan and we need to figure out what are the obstacles ahead of time and how do I want to solve for them? What do I know is going to come up as an obstacle? Okay, because habits change when you teach your brain a new way to respond to those triggers. Habits don't just change automatically. They don't just change randomly. They don't just change magically because you pray hard enough. I know, I said it, I went there. They won't. Habits change when you teach your brain a new way to respond to your triggers. It's a quotable right there. It's a tweetable. I'm not on Twitter. But if I was, that would be my quote. <laughs> and it's as simple as deciding what are you going to say to yourself in the moment the next time one of these obstacles happens? What are you going to do? And really come up with options. Give yourself some options of, okay, when this happens next time, here are five things that I can pick from. How do I want to handle this? And make it so that it's easily accessible. We want to be thinking about it ahead of time because this is going to use and engage our prefrontal cortex where we're actually thinking, we're problem solving, we're strategizing. When we're in the moment, that's when we often revert back to our habit brain where we do what feels easy, what doesn't require a lot of energy, what seeks pleasure and avoids pain. And so that is not the time. In the moment is not the time to be figuring out how to handle a challenge or an obstacle, especially if it's something that you face on a regular basis. We want to be doing that ahead of time. Now I want you to make a plan for how you're going to solve for each one. Okay, so I had you list your top three, the top three things, the top three obstacles you face. And now how are you going to solve for each one of those? And I want you to make your plan now. Go ahead. You can pause this. But do it ahead of time and identify this. And this is such a great habit to look at as you make your plan 
And this is something that appears in the Body You Crave journal, which is now available on Amazon. And I'm going to link to it in the show notes or in the description here of the of the podcast. Super pumped about that. But that is one of the questions is really looking at what is going to get in my way. And we can ask this on a daily basis, a weekly, or even a monthly. What is going to get in my way? And you could even think about it from the year. We still have a huge chunk of the year ahead of us. We still have nearly the entire year left. What might get in your way this year? What might stop you? What might slow you down? And just get really honest with yourself and then get to work problem solving and troubleshooting. All right, how might I solve this? And this is a guess. It's an estimate. It doesn't mean that this is exactly what we're going to do. You might come up with five ideas and then in the moment you're like, screw it. I don't want to do any of those things. I know I came up with them and I'm looking at this list and that's all a bunch of BS and I don't want to do any of it. It's likely what our brains are going to do. That's okay. Like it's normal. We just want to come up with what can we do just a little bit different? How can we mitigate this? If you are struggling with this aspect, if you would like my help in figuring out how to truly change a habit, then I would love to chat. You can schedule your free consultation at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule. And together we'll look at where you are now, where you want to be in six to 12 months, and I'll help you see what's really standing in your way. I guarantee it's got nothing to do with the food. Our our real challenges often lay below the surface with our thoughts and our emotions about food, our bodies, weight loss, and ultimately about ourselves. If you want some help really learning how do we start to change these habits, how do I start to come up with new options for how do I handle these obstacles and these challenges? And if you want to make sure that you are solving for the right challenges, because so many times we're trying to solve for the wrong problem. And that is one of the biggest issues and one of the biggest problems that I see in the weight loss space is we want to make food the problem. We want to make sugar the problem, carbs the problem, the time of day that you're eating is the problem. None of that is the problem. We need to start to address the emotional ties that you have to food. That is what we want to start to look at. So if you want to make sure, number one, that you are focused on the real reason you are struggling to lose weight and to keep it off. If you want to come up with real solid action plans of what do you do instead, how do you truly change a habit? This is the type of call that you're going to want to be on. And this is what I can help you with. This is what we can spend six months together doing. That way you can build the new habit and you can feel confident and successful implementing these habits in a way that feels good for you, regardless of what curveballs life throws your way, because there will always be some. So we don't have to freak out. We don't have to get pissed off. We don't have to get annoyed. We can just trust in ourselves that we can figure this out, that we've got our own back and that we are committed to this goal. It doesn't define us. It doesn't create our value and our worth, but we can stay committed and we can follow through and we can choose to feel really good about ourselves every step of the way, every single step forward. All right, so if you need some help with this, then I would love to chat. All right, y'all, let's make 2023 the year you lose your weight and keep it off for life. You ready? Let's go. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.